Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. I have a question for you this morning. Have you got a book inside of you? I often hear people say, I should write a book. And, you know, last night I actually went to a debut of a movie that a woman in one of my uh, meetup groups, in sharing her information with everybody on, on the first night, said, oh, I wrote a book about um, her husband had died tragically after he had retired and they were going for this lifetime trip. It was a very happy time for them. He died tragically in a car accident. They were both in it. And uh, the movie was a product of her writing the book. So it was very interesting. (laughs) She said, oh, I wrote a book. And by the way, they're making it into a movie. How often does that happen? Not very often at all. So I said, oh, my gosh. Let me know when it comes out so I can be there to see it. And it was a very moving, moving movie. Now, many of us write a book because of something that happens in our life. My guest today wrote a book for the very same reason, and you're going to learn about her book, Madly Chasing Peace, how I went from hell to happy in nine minutes a day. Well, when I was going through, or after I had gone through my divorce, which was my life-changing moment, there's kind of a, um, once I was in recovery and I was past the pain and the hurt and all of that, then all of a sudden, I want to give this message to so many other women that are going through the process. It's not a complete process, but it's an important process that I did in getting to know who I was after 50-some years of growth and now a single mom. So I created Effortless Happiness. It is a book that talks about how you get to further clarity about who you are. Because as a single woman, you're not the same as you were when you were a married woman. You still have the same children, but the responsibilities are different. And in marriage for a woman, many times our descriptors are different. We're fuzzier about who we are, who we take care of, what we're supposed to do. Our jobs are quite different. So I use this book, Effortless Happiness, 
how to find your voice and finally ask for what you want, what you really want. As my key thing that helped me identify and get clarity about who Joyce Buford was. Now, this is a process. It's like a workbook to help you find your core values, what you believe in, why those beliefs are so important to you, where you get them, why you want to develop them, and how they will change your life as you go on the road to happiness. So, if you are interested, if I've tickled your fancy at all for getting this step one key to identifying your truly, your most important assets, then go to Second Wind, I mean, go to Joyce Buford Empowers, where you can click on and get the book, or you can go directly to Amazon and get your copy. So I do encourage you to do this. Um, it's far more important that you get it for your own learning than it is the $20 that I get. So it's not the reason I wrote the book by any means, is that it is a tool that I found important, and I want you to be able to use it if you choose. So thank you very much for being here today. I wanted to share with that with you, and I want to tell you about my awesome, awesome guest who wrote her book, Madly Chasing Peace. Dina Proctor is a life and business coach. She is an inspiring speaker and best author of her book. She, Her method of how I went from hell to happy in nine minutes a day, she describes in Madly Chasing Peace. But this method can be used for weight loss, banishing addictive cravings, to reconstructing relationships. And she is the expert on this. She is the creator of the method 3 by 3 meditation, which is a simple and yet incredibly effective method for addressing addictive behavior. She holds a bachelor degree in psychology and has been featured on CBS, Sky Radio, just a few of the many extensive lists that she's been on. She lives in New York City area. And later in the program, we're going to share with you a new phase of her life and how that her program of 3 by 3 meditations has been so beneficial for her. So, Dina, I welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. <laughs> I always love sharing space with you, so it's fun to be here with you. Oh, thank you. Now, I, how did you, the three-by-three three method, it, just the meditation, is just interesting, but it's how you got there that I think is so interesting that my listeners really would be benefited in hearing Oh, sure. I can share a little kind of brief synopsis of my story. Um, yeah. You know, three by three didn't exist until I was desperate enough to kind of be in the place of it needing to be created. And mm-hmm. um, it was at the end of 2008, I hit, you know, really a rock bottom point in my life. I was suicidal. I was drinking alcoholically. I wanted nothing more than just to leave this life altogether. I was mm-hmm. in my early 30s. 
you know, wow. and I had spent, yeah, I had spent more than a decade um, in and out of depression. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was in my early 20s, and I oh. had been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and, you know, go, went to all kinds of therapy, one-on-one therapy with different therapists, mm. group therapy, you know, all of these sorts of methods to try and fix myself, to try and change myself. And I reached a point where it just felt like everything that I was trying was just leaving me more empty. Just, and it doesn't mean it, you know, those methods work for a lot of people, many, many thousands and millions of people, but nothing was really hitting the mark for me. And then I eventually got into drinking and self-soothing in that way. And for a long time, that was the only thing that worked. And, um, but when I started drinking alcoholically, I started doing a lot of things that, you know, are not good things. You know, I was stealing money. I was lying to everybody in my life. I was hiding alcohol. I was drinking all hours of the day and night. And um, that's what really drove me to the point of like, I just felt so helpless and so hopeless that I just wanted out, you know, and the, the way, you know, I ended up kind of almost a little bit accidentally, but synchronistically in an addiction recovery program. And, um, (laughs) The, yeah, the woman, because I didn't think I belonged there or anything like, you know, but um, there was there was a woman that spoke at the center, the addiction recovery center. I was going, I, li- I was living in Santa Monica at the time. Mm. And at this addiction recovery center, this um, one woman who got up to speak to the group um, was so comfortable in her own skin. And when she described her addiction and her addictive behaviors, I was like, oh my, yeah. how did this person come from, you know, this horrible place of drug and alcohol addiction into this yeah. self-confident, you know, cute, put together person. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I asked her to take <laughs> me under her wing. And I just said, you know, I don't know Good if for anything you. can work for me, but yeah. And it was more from a place of, um if this doesn't work, I really am going to go through my suicide plan type of, you know, desperation because I didn't think that anything would work, but there was something about her that I really liked. And yeah. And her um, first instruction was for me to learn to meditate, which I couldn't do. I couldn't even sit still for more than three minutes at a time, but that ability and that kind of opening that would happen when I could sit still for these tiny little periods is Uh what eventually turned my entire you know, kind of way of thinking and emotions and all of that, everything about my life changed when I started to meditate. But you know what amazes me is that you Mm. had the awareness, maybe, if that's the correct word, to, even though you couldn't do the 15, because most people go meditation, oh, 15, 20, 30 minutes, some even go an hour. But certainly that's not where we start usually. But you weren't discouraged that you could create just three minutes. I mean, did you just think of that on your own? Or were- no, it happened kind of accidentally um, again. So her, her specific instruction to me, because what you're saying was exactly right, like the 15 to 20 minutes, her specific yeah. instruction to me was to, to sit still um, every morning for 20 minutes uh-huh. and focus on my breathing. And I was yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, like, what's that going to do? That doesn't, doesn't sound like it's going to do much of anything, right? So, um <laughs> But I thought, you know, and and I even told her that. I was like, I don't really think this is going to do anything. Shouldn't I be, like, writing letters and burning them or, you know, hitting on pillows with baseball bats or something like that? And she didn't even blink, Joyce. She just looked at me and goes, your way doesn't seem to be working. Why don't you try mine? 
And oh. I didn't have a comeback to that. I know it was like, it was so powerful. It sort of woke mm-hmm. up something inside of me when she said that. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, you're right. I haven't tried your method. And I, okay, I guess yeah. she had something that I wanted. She was somebody that I wanted to be like. So yeah. I said, you know what? It's not going to hurt anything. I can spend a couple weeks doing this. And she also told me, oh, by the way, you need to quit drinking. Because <laughs> oh. I was still oh. you know, drunk around the clock. Yeah. And so uh, the first few days that I started meditating, um, I was withdrawing from alcohol. I was in the fetal position on the couch. I was shaking. Oh, I was sweating. Yeah. I was crying uncontrollably. I was by no means meditating, but mm. I could sit sort of still in the fetal position for about three minutes. And then the itching and the crying and everything became completely overwhelming and I had to move around. But, you know, it would nag at me. Like, she just told me to do 20 minutes. I couldn't even do that. I did three. Let's see if I can do 17. So I would sit down, put the timer, try try to round it out, right? So it would be 20 minutes in a whole day. But consistently, I would max out at the three-minute mark. But after eight weeks of this kind of mess, you know, the first two or three weeks were just a disaster because I was detoxing. I was trying to get my mind off of suicide and all of those sorts of things. And so after about eight weeks, I had, I started having experiences in what I can only call a state of higher consciousness. It was amazing. And no one I had known had ever experienced a level of peace and quiet in my mind that I experienced at that time. And once that happened, that was really what kind of, I guess, sold me on meditation, I was like, wow, this is actually the key to everything. So now I can use that method and change all all kinds of different aspects of my life and my body and my relationships, all based on those little bursts, those three-minute bursts of meditation a few times a day. Now, most people, when they go through withdrawal symptoms, are given medication to help them with that. So you really were dealing at a disadvantage, if you will, in your in your transition there of going through just withdrawals. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, it was hard. I will tell you. Yes, it was hard. I didn't have anything to ease it. I didn't even know there was something that could ease it. You know, I was just where I was at. Yeah. 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 Isn't it interesting when those people come into our lives that are so powerful, so strong, that we almost run to their side and worship them. Mm-hmm. We almost do. It's a, it's a strange phenomenon, I think, phenomenon. When you meet a person, and I've, I've felt that relationship with a person where you're so drawn to them, that, and, and it's just really special. And it sounds yeah. like this lady was that for you. Yeah, you're, you're describing it so perfectly well. Because there's very few people that I had that level of attraction isn't the right word, but just totally being drawn towards who she was and what she had to share and to give. Yeah, it was extremely powerful for me. It changed my whole life, and it really saved my yeah. life. Yeah, it yeah. did. Now, you talk about mindset being so key, but was it the the mindset that I'm going to do this even if it's three minutes at a time or was it that I can change or what was it? I mean, you know, I think the mind is our most powerful tool and and if we can get that working for us, we're on our way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're exactly right. 
because everything comes from the inside first. You know, I really saw when I started having those higher consciousness experiences, it, it, it really showed me that everything in the outside world, and it doesn't matter what it is, it could be your financial mm-hmm. situation, the condition of your body, um, carrying around extra weight, you know, anything in your life, relationships, your job, absolutely everything without exception that's part of your exterior world is mm-hmm. formed by something inside of you and is being mirrored or reflected on the outside. So when I first started meditating, like these first three, four, five, up to the eight-week mark, I had no intention behind it. I just said to myself every day, I can always kill myself tomorrow. Today, it doesn't feel right to kill myself. I'm going to do my little three-minute thing, but I, you know, it gave me comfort. I was like, I can still hold on to my bottle of pills on my bottle. You know, so it was like, I can still have that out if this doesn't work. So I sort of had a weird comfort thing inside of me um, about that. But, you know, I, I, but so in the beginning, I didn't have anything. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in mindset. I didn't believe in anything. But all I knew was this girl told me to do something and I was just going to do it. And I actually thought she'd be sort of mad or disappointed that I could only do three minutes. But she said, whatever you can do is good. Just don't drink and just be consistent. And so that's, that was, yeah, yeah. But mindset, you know, that your your inner state, which, you know, mind, emotion, spirituality, soul, everything on the inside, anything that's not visible, that's what is the basis of what's in the visible, visible physical world. That's what I really mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to share something, and I hope my... Um my nutritionist isn't listening, but there was a program that I joined earlier this year um, to lose weight uh, because physically I was getting too heavy and it was, I was seeing it come out of my body and with different pains and so forth. And so I made the decision when I joined the program, other than putting down a hefty sum that can also keep you legal and active in the program, but it was more about in my mind and they, they sold it as 2030 fast track. So it was sort of like, well, I only have to do this for 30 days (laughs) and then it's okay. Ah. And there was such a determination in my mind. Now I've completed the 30 days. I did lose the 20 pounds And I see a shift that I'm experiencing right now that I take liberties. I'm basically on the program, but I'm taking liberties where I did not when I was in the very first phase. And it is something that shifted in my mind that says I can take some liberties. But I know effectively, I was most effective when I was all in the game to stop eating or choosing better food let's put it that way so how do you use the three minutes with like food weight loss it's a great question and i actually have a whole um program around that um specifically around food because it's it's it starts with being able to connect to that place of higher wisdom inside of us and Mm. so it's like touching into that space in meditation. So getting higher wisdom, you know, those intuitive nudges, something is like, I don't know why, but I feel like I want to, 
go to this shop and you run into somebody you haven't seen in a while or, you know, you just get a little nudge or a little intuitive guidance. And so it just sort of made sense to me that, you know, my body, I know what hunger feels like. My body knows when it's hungry. I wonder if it knows and is trying to tell me what it's hungry for. So I just used three by three to kind of get curious. It was kind of like, okay, you know, show me from the inside, show me, it was, you know, this intuitive way of eating. And mm-hmm. when I did that, I was able to release weight really quickly. And so it's funny because my situation I've been in, um, you and I talked yesterday about this, you know, kind of situation I'm in for the past year. Um, I, this past year I got stressed. I actually gained more than 20 pounds and yeah. to date I've lost like Mm, I would say in the last month, month and a half, I've lost um, about 15 of those pounds because my mind, yeah, but my mind was in a place where I couldn't handle and I couldn't even think about the stress and the weight and eating intuitively. It was just not, I couldn't even handle it. I was so emotionally kind of overwhelmed and not in a place where I was reaching deeply to meditate. And about six I don't know, six, eight weeks ago, something like that, just something mm-hmm. switched in my brain. And I <laughs> got into that place of eating intuitively again, because if I'm, if I have to measure or count or deprive myself, it's not going to work. Like I, cause I've done that. That was my twenties, you know? Yes. So it's like when I, when I switch that, flip that switch in my mind and in my emotion where you know, this is interesting. That woman who saved my life, she told me something in, you know, in the very beginning that I will always remember. She said, you know, Dina, the reason that you drink and the reason that you eat, you know, how you eat, it's, mm-hmm. you know, your food and your drink is not your problem. It's your solution. Your problem is this messiness you've got going on the inside. Because if you clean up the messiness on the inside, you're not going to seek those solutions on the outside, you know? Because I wouldn't really be free if I was fighting the urge to drink all the time, you know, even today. Like if I had to control it. It's like it's just a non-issue. And when I'm in the place of intuitive eating, it's just totally a non-issue. So it's – and I don't have to work at it. I don't have to, you know – and I can tell you, you know, what foods my body is drawn for, but – I almost don't want to because you miss the point. You're like, oh, all she eats is zucchini. You know, you you grab onto something and think, oh, it's because of this physical thing. When really it's because of the inner change that's reflected in the outer reality. The cravings change. The desire towards food changes. That sort of stuff. Right. Now, when she was referring to the messiness, was she referring to your mindset or your emotions around past beliefs or... Yeah, and she calling the clinical depression. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, everything on the inside that was um, not healthy, basically, we could say it that way. Everything that wasn't operating on the inside of me, which I mean, I don't mean my internal organs. I mean my mindset and my emotions that I just wasn't coping um, in a healthy way. I wasn't emotionally, mentally, or spiritually healthy, and so it was just messy on the inside. That's <laughs> that's what I'm getting at mm-hmm. when I say that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's just amazing where we go. Can you give us a little taste of the three minute meditation? Yeah, we can do one. Sure. I would love that, and I think my listeners <laughs> would too. Okay, let's Is that try possible? it. We'll just. Yeah, I think so. We had five minutes. So there you go. Okay, awesome. I'll try not to go over. <laughs> okay. 
So, um, so Joyce, if you want to participate and anybody listening, if you want to um, participate, just take a moment. And if you need to kind of shift your body or shake out your arms or legs or anything, just sort of like refresh the energy where you're sitting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sitting, laying down, doesn't matter how you're positioned, whatever is comfortable for you. Remember, I started meditating in the fetal position, so it does not matter. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And then straight. And then as you feel yourself, you know, just kind of settling into that space, let the surface that you're sitting on fully support you. You don't have to exert any energy right now. There's nowhere else you need to be, and there's nothing else you need to do. But just gently let your body rest right now. Feel your body sinking in. Notice your breath, your breathing. No need to change it, just to put focus on it. Feel the muscles in your body just melt. Tension is being released. And a feeling of ease is there for you. Just feeling yourself sink into this comfortable, peaceful space. And just let yourself rest there for a little bit of time. Nowhere else you need to be. Just in a place of releasing right now. Feel your breath move in and out of your body. Notice the sensations of your muscles relaxing. And bring your attention to the breath. Let your body take, I would say, about three real nourishing breaths. Feeling the air moving in and out. Bringing with it what you need and releasing what you don't. One more breath just like that. And as you exhale and release the breath and that intention, you can sort of take a moment and shake yourself back into your body. And when you feel ready, you can return your attention into the room and open your eyes. Wow! Well, that was so, I forgot to just put the disclaimer on for anybody that's driving not to be doing this exercise. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh my gosh, but how simple that is and yeah. how wonderful people will go, can go back and listen to this again and again. So, and how quick you can slip into that space. It doesn't have to take a lot of time to get there to that no, place, you know? No. Yeah. Well, we did that in the, in the appropriate time so that we could go into our break. When we come back and I, we will be talking more about the effectiveness of this three minute meditation and also how she's using this meditation to help her move through this next period in her life. So we'll be back. 
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We have just had a wonderful experience with Dina as she took us through that three-minute meditation, a beautiful example of how the three-minute meditation practice can be part of your life, too. Now, you may want to go and get her book, um, Madly Chasing Peace, How I Went from Hell to Happiness, Happy in Nine Minutes a Day. And you can get that on Amazon, of course. And um, start the process. Now, if you're interested in maybe her weight loss program, and you would uh, need to go to her website. And her websites are uh, Dina Proctor. D-I-N-A-P-R-O-C-T-O-R.com. And there you have, Dina, do you have the weight loss? Do you have other programs as well there that they can complete? Yeah, you know what? There's um, a real comprehensive program on there. It's the overall video course, and uh-huh. that has everything. So it has oh. kind of you know, weight and body, and then it also has relationships as a component of it, and it really has an in-depth. It's almost like after you read the book and you want to take it to the next level, um, Uh, my kind of master video course will take you, and and mm -hmm. all the content that I've created that have been broken down into other courses is in that kind of master course there. So, um, Oh, wonderful. Yeah. 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 Okay, now we were, I've alluded to your Phase two, and I think there are many listeners out there that may experience something very similar. I did. Um, your mother was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's a, a year or yeah. so ago. Um, yeah, just, and just so a little what over you, a year ago. Yeah, what have you faced as now the daughter turning into the parent and taking care of mom? You know, um, it. It was combined with the very 
sudden passing of my dad. My dad was super healthy and super active and just absolutely no health problems. And he died very, very suddenly just over a year Mm -hmm. ago. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we were just sort of, it had been about two, three months when we were starting to bring my mom to the neurologist for her memory and those sorts of things. We were really coming around to terms with this. And then my dad passed very suddenly, and my mom didn't have anybody. You know, we knew she couldn't live alone. She couldn't drive anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, the day after my dad passed, I just, I I pretty much gave away all my furniture, and I just moved in with my mom because what was I going to do? And so at that time, it was the first six months, you know, previous to the last, the, you know, like after that happened, I almost felt like I couldn't breathe because I was in such deep grief for my dad. I was uprooting, um, you know, where my life was. I had to work Mm -hmm. with my, I had to sell her cars because she kept, you know, wanting to drive and it, you know, was not safe for her to drive anymore. And, um, we had another family house that I had to help sell. It was just sort of, it was so much logistically. I didn't know anything about the finances and we had to get the, you know, all the paperwork and the legal stuff. It was just like, really intense and overwhelming and then just coming to terms with grief and then with this pretty much new diagnosis for my mom and and getting everything under control and so that's where I lost my way a bit with meditation because I would try and my heart just couldn't calm down I just could not sit still and my mom needed constant companionship you know now we have a system and we have caretaker you know that that assists me but I'm I'm the primary and I'm the one that lives with her Uh, so it's, um, and now I know my self care and I can, you know, do those sorts of things, but it was really 24 seven for six Mm. months without stopping. And that's, that's Mm. what led me to losing my way as far as meditation. I just couldn't. And then food out the window, you know, it was just, you know, it was, I don't, I don't even care. It, you know, became an emotional coping mechanism again. Like it it had been in the past. Like I didn't have the desire to drink or anything. It's not like that reared back up but you know i i you know did find myself in some old coping mechanisms especially around food and all of that so um you know being able to you know tuck back into that meditation space was was became a primary concern for my own well-being well i have to ask this question um why would you think you you wouldn't i always kind of wonder would you go back to the alcohol because it was the stronger, maybe I'm thinking wrong, uh, or maybe more addictive than the food. I know. I, why? I know. <laughs> I it's a, a great question. question. I know. And I think that there's a couple different components. Well, first of all, it didn't even occur to me to drink. It never oh, does. Right. But I know that that's, that's probably a question that's in people's minds. That's the only reason yeah. I even say, you know, because people might be like, oh, my God, did you drink? What happened? You know, but yeah. it didn't it didn't even be it what didn't even, you know, kind of become a temptation for me. It didn't even occur to me that that would be something that I needed. But, you know, we don't have to drink to stay alive, but we do have to eat. And so right. with food, I just became, you know, really completely out the window with it. And I found myself in my old kind of self-soothing food patterns and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I remember, too, when I had first um, worked with the coach when I was in the addiction recovery program, and mm-hmm. I was like, what about food and all this stuff? And she goes, don't worry about anything else. Just don't drink, you know? So it was kind of like a one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mm-hmm. I let myself be 
not beating myself up about food and gaining weight and all this sort of thing because I was dealing with, you know, loss of my dad, of course. And then like this, this coping of kind of, you know, on the way of losing who I knew to be my mom. So I, you know what I mean? It just, I couldn't manage all of it. And that's what kind of gave. (laughs) I'm mentally making a list here of the new, the the grieving process that you went through, the loss of your father, the loss of your mother, the loss of your home, the loss of your occupation, because you said you kind of pulled back from that, just to take care of your mother. Because, listen, taking care of a memory care, because my mother also went through that, but I, I physically never lived in her house. And even just she living in the, uh, facility, even that was demanding of my time to, you know, go by every day to, you know, but I didn't have the day to day process that you were going through. So those are all grief, just grief transitions. Plus, mm-hmm. you mentioned another one that hadn't even come out of my mind was that you had to learn all the family finances. You know, I gradually had, I had gradually been, um, I had been taking care of my mother for a long time. So I knew her finances, but when you put that on top of your, of all those, that grief period that you're going through, that's a lot. I'm very proud of you. I mean, awesome. (laughs) That was hard. You know, it was not easy. It was hard and I couldn't calm down. I couldn't sleep well. I was always, I worked with a therapist actually, and she called yes. it hypervigilance. She's like, you yes. need to close your eyes at night. Like, you know, cause my mom would wander at night and I would worry, what if she falls? What if this and all these things? So, oh, um, yeah. Y- yeah, you know, it's just an hypervigilance. And so I have my methods now and everything and, and, um, you know, I can breathe and I can almost meditate as deeply as I had been previously, but it's a mm-hmm. process. And I really, lost touch with my ability to do that, uh, you know, that I had taken for granted. Yeah. Well, for the listeners out there, I I don't want to just throw this at you, but if you've not experienced this, this transition in your family, taking on the responsibility of your parents, it is more overwhelming than one would think just going, oh, mom's getting older, needing a little more help. So I don't want to be too dramatic about this, but I, when Dina was, um, was all right and was willing to talk about where she is today, I really wanted to, I was so excited because you have no idea (laughs) that pressure that's on one when you do this. And for those out there that are listening to this that are there then hopefully we can bring you some comfort with this stage. I call it a stage of life because it's something I know a lot of my friends are are or have experienced in the last, I'd say, three to five years of their own lives. So, Dina, I'm mm-hmm. just so thankful that you were willing to share this. Um, how did you find... Are you doing the three-minute now in your life to help you with all the the pressure? I know you say it's kind of settled out, but uh, even so, there's stressful things every day. 
Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's it's uh-huh. way less than it was, but, yeah. you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty, and I'm still, you know, I'm not any kind of professional caregiver or anything like that. So, you know, right. I, I still, you know, feel those emotions too. But, yes, I am meditating. I'm meditating very consistently. And so um, always I do short meditations afternoon and evening, and it's my practice now to do a bit of a longer meditation in the morning. So I'll do between 10, 15 minutes, something like that. I just mm-hmm. like to access that space and then just mm-hmm. sort of rest there for a little bit longer in the morning. Yeah. But where did we get this idea that it has to be so long? The 20, the 30, the hour <laughs> meditation. Who did that to us? I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But it's neat because when you look at people that talk about neuroscience and the way the brain changes, and you can watch videos of the synapses in the brain physically moving, when you have an exclusive focus for 20 seconds, 25 seconds, less than 30 seconds, your brain starts changing. And so that's where, that's how I knew. Because when three by three started being so effective, three minutes, three times a day, you know, I was doing kind of three, four, five times a day. It settled into three by three. Mm-hmm. You know, I was asking neuroscientists, cell bio, like, how is this possible? How can such a short amount of time make such a profound change inside of me? And they said, you know, I was learning that it's these tiny pockets of time where you're reinforcing stuff, and that's what creates new neural pathways in your brain. And so when those new neural pathways um, become kind of well-worn, like a well-worn path, then it becomes your new normal way of being and your new normal way of thinking. Ah. Um, uh. Wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think most people, when they start with meditation, just simply go, well, you know, the brain just goes crazy. I mean, I'm remodeling the, the room. I'm moving furniture. I'm <laughs> working well in my day. I've got all these things. And, and every time you pull, okay, I'll pull it back. I'll pull it back. But you're... You don't have nearly that opportunity for the brain to play like that in your meditation because it is so short. Right? Yeah, there's less there's less time to think, so there's less thought. But it's not a failure. Like this is something that I think is miscommon, and it's not what you're saying, Joyce. But you made me think of something. It's a misconception mm-hmm. that if I'm if I have a thought that comes into my mind while I'm meditating and I catch it and bring it back to my meditation that I've failed, you know, I need to have this focus for, but it's actually a success when you can catch your mind going off on some tangent and you can realize that that's happening. You're awakening that awareness inside of you because most of the time we're just completely identified with our thoughts. We think we are our thoughts. We listen yeah. to that voice no matter what. And yeah. so when we can realize this voice is talking and I'm the one that's listening to it, everything changes because then you have some space around it. Oh, well, you know? that kind of makes me feel better. Yeah. You know? Yep. Now I'm actually doing something positive, even though I took a little trip, you know, yeah. really. There's nothing wrong with it. And then catching it and bringing it back is the work. That's how you build the muscle. Ah. Well, they never explain that. Thank you, Dina. (laughs) I took my understanding. (laughs) This was so beneficial. Oh, Um, good. (laughs) Now, where have you shared this um, program 
with other people. I know Jack, and, and by the way, Dina and I first met each other when we were in Jack Kenfield's, was it Train the Trainer program? But we were, it was many years ago, we might say. And um, at that time, she was beginning her work. I was beginning, I was, I think I wandered around longer than you did. But, um, <laughs> you know, we've all settled into great work, doing good work where we're passionate about. And I do still assist Jack when he comes around to the Dallas area, which is, mm. I just think he's gotten better and better and better. <laughs> Yeah, he's I tell him I think you're sure. better now than you have ever been. Just awesome. So, <laughs> you know, if you're out there, you have a chance to go see Jack Canfield when he does his one-day tours. Please go see him. You will benefit from that man because mm-hmm. he's pretty awesome. But are you able, were you able to teach this three-by-three three to any other groups or how do people use you as a speaker other than, yes, you're motivational, and yes, I, I would love to have you in my area, but uh, have you gone into actual training facilities, or how have you been able to use this? You know, work? it's a good question. I've done, um, a, a, you know, like local retreat centers and wellness centers. I've done um, even like group coaching calls or being invited if um, other coaches that I know are having in-person retreats and being invited to be a part of the retreat or if they're having an in-person event and inviting me to be a co-presenter or, you know, kind of a co-leader or a speaker yes. at their event. That's really where um, most of my sharing about this has come from. And then a lot, uh, the individual coaching, because somebody will read the mm-hmm. book or hear an interview or something and then reach out to me and just say, listen, I'd like to re- to work with you for three sessions or one session or you know, mm-hmm. 25 years or no, but you know, so, <laughs> so, so things like that, you got a young one. Um, things like that. Is, yeah. <laughs> so things like that are kind of, um, where I really have shared, have shared the message, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's just, um, really awesome. It's, it, it, it's just amazing. I mean, I just think you're so clever for doing, for creating it. I mean, isn't that, isn't that amazing how something <clears throat> so positive, so wonderful, so beneficial can come out of, we might say, a stressful time in your life? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of people that I meet who are really happy, like not fakey, fakey, happy, happy, nice photos <laughs> on Facebook, happy, but like really genuinely peacefully happy people Almost Mm -hmm. all of them have a horrific story of what they overcame and out of it came. So I never, ever beat myself up for being a drunk and a thief and a liar because if I wasn't, three by three probably wouldn't exist. Like if I was just mildly depressed, I might not have been desperate enough to try to meditate and fail at meditating, fail so badly that I had to create my own method because I couldn't do anybody else's method. (laughs) You see what I mean? Like there's a gift. It's the, it's there, there's always a gift. And I try to remind myself of that. Like when, when all of this happened a year ago with my family situation and all of this, I kept saying like, there's a pony in here somewhere. Like there's got to be something here for me. There has to be something here for me. And I couldn't see it. I couldn't even really take my own advice at the time, but I try to remember when I'm feeling empty or desperate or, you know, just like I can't breathe. It's like, there's a gift here that if I just let it, kind of unfold, 
I'll be able to realize that and benefit from it. Nothing's happening to us that isn't happening for us, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so blessed that you can actually um, say that at the time of grieving. That is one of the hardest things I think. I can say it to somebody, but they can't hear it until they're ready to yeah. hear it. Yep. And, and you know, so it it's so interesting that there is so much growth that comes out. I would have never thought I would have a podcast nor would enjoy it so much. Um, you know, I'm just so blessed to be able to do this work. And it's not really work to me. But I would not have yeah. done it had I not left a very dysfunctional marriage. So, you know, there's growth mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. everybody's pain. There's growth. So mm-hmm. re- I refer I to agree. my friend that wrote the book, and now she has a movie. There was growth yeah. there. Yeah. And, and one of her daughters was, um, her faith was renewed. Um, a lot of pluses in her life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, well, you are, um, Mm -hmm. now you are, you have another title you can put on your resume. (laughs) I I keep adding titles to my resume. I, um, uh, once drove a truck, a 27 foot Penske truck when I was moving from Santa Fe to Tyler. And I laughed and said, I'm going to put that on my resume that I'm a truck truck driver. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, in that, in that drive, I went through a hail rainstorm, hailstorm and windstorm with that truck. And I went, Oh gosh. It was, wow. it was pretty amazing. So anyway, yep. but Ow. I am so happy that you have been able to share with us um, really what turned your life around. It's so oh, really wonderful. Is there things that we need to know about, Dina, that going forward? Are you, um, right now your focus is on your mom. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, and that's almost a 24 seven job, right? At the moment, you know, it is, and it's my special time with her. And so I don't, you know, have a lot of things interfering with that. You know, I used to do for a couple of years, I was doing a new video every week for my website and uploading yeah. on YouTube and sending new emails and all of that. All of that is really stopped. I have quotes of the day that I send out, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll get back into it because it's part of my heart and it's part of my spirit. And that's why I wanted to share it with you because I haven't done this in so long. But, oh, I'm so um, I don't glad have anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I want to share the, the moment, story that I, I told you yesterday that during my mother's transition and she, I can remember and she and I were not always just real close. I mean, we start, certainly had our struggles growing, but, uh, I have to say that some of the sweetest moments that I had with my mother was within the last six, eight months of her life because, mm-hmm. you know, it was just so special. 
And um, so even though it was looking at it could have been interpreted as a bleak time, there were some of the warmest feelings for me during that time. So no, I believe that. I, and I'm experiencing some of that. You know, I, I get that. I really do. Cause it is, it's special for me. And I, I think I was telling you yesterday, I learned from her because she has no way of remembering, um, you know, hurts or frustrations or anything. And she just mm-hmm. shakes everything off right away. Like my <laughs> gosh, you know, like there, I could learn something here. You know, there's, there's a gift in here. For, for, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I love that, Joyce. I weren't you that. saying something about she laughs something? Or was that oh, part of shaking off? Yeah, I mean, all the time. She's happy. She's buoyant. Her spirit is, um, you know, she's never been this happy, I don't think, in her entire life. And she's just happy and light and not worried about stuff and that sort of thing. You know, I'm not saying it's all... There's difficulties to it, obviously. You know, sure. Alzheimer's is not an easy disease. But yeah. I'm saying there's there's gifts to find and there's positivities to see and places where I can learn from her. Right. So there's yeah. beauty there. There's beauty there. Well, I thank you so much for being with us today. You've shared some powerful um, information. I I know that my listeners will will be buying the book and that they had this one share that you gave us for a three minute meditation. And so thank you. And I'm so pleased that you came out of retirement to do, to do <laughs> show. I'm going right back in. <laughs> oh, I feel very honored. So yeah, it just felt right. And, you know, I'm comfortable with you and it, it felt easy and it felt, you know, there was ease to it and it just, it just felt good. So it's fun. Good. It's fun. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Now, as you know, Second Wind has been able to share so much, but we share over the over the air, and I really want some connection. Now, I may be the only one on this line that's wanting connection, but. Surely there's somebody out there that has a question that wants a different subject that feels they need an an answer to a question, or I can provide the expert to help you with that question. So my main question to you today is what is it that second one could be helping you with? How can I support you more in this program? So I'm hoping that you will go to Second Win with Joy's Facebook group and you will leave me a question. Now, the question that I would ask today is give me one word, maybe two, that sums up why you listen to Second Win with Joyce. My mission was originally for the woman going through transition so that you could hear other women as they transitioned. So you become familiar that there are so many women moving through so many things in life and they're always changing. 
They do it with integrity, with honor, with enthusiasm, and with joy. So it's good when you're in the darkest hours to know there is a woman just ahead of you who has conquered something major in her life. What was it? She'll share that with you, just as Dina was kind enough to share her addiction to alcohol. So, go to Second Win with Joyce. Tell me those two words that you describe and the benefits you get from Second Win with Joyce. Next week, we will have another awesome guest. Again, my mission is to provide women that have gone through transition. And I hope that you will be here to listen again and enjoy the day. So go out, make it a great week because we are so fortunate. Thank you for being here today. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 